Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fitness Journey Podcast. Um, today, I believe, is going to be episode eight, and it is going to be featuring uh, myself, um, Tommy Pimatico. Um, I have been putting this off uh, since I've started this. Um, just, you know, nervous about speaking about myself, um, you know, putting myself out there, really. Um, but I made the decision that if I want uh, other people to talk about their stories, regardless of if it's the prettiest or not, um, I want them to be able to do it. So in order for them to trust me, I figured I had to put myself out there, and I believe that's the right choice. Um, so we're going to go about this the same way with every other podcast, but no one will be asking questions. I'll be just be rambling for a majority of this time. Um, before I get into it, just want to say like... Um, before we start, you know, for those of you who have a legitimate relationship with me and know me, um, I just ask that, you know, you think of me the same um, before, at, after you hear this podcast. Um, I don't want you to think differently of me. Um, almost pretend as if you maybe you didn't hear it. Um, and you'll understand probably why I say that when we finish. Um, regardless if you know have a legitimate relationship with me or not, but um, I don't want you to think differently of me. Whatever you know me as, you could think of me as that same way. Uh, whatever interactions we've had in the real world, that's how I would appreciate if you thought of me. Um, but yeah, I'm going to open up right now and let's get into it. First thing that is always asked is what got you into fitness? And for me, that was a very simple question and answer. And what it was is I was the fat kid growing up. And I no longer wanted to be that kid. Um, at the age of 13 years old, I was just tired of being that. Um, you know how kids are. You know, you get made fun of, you make fun of people. This isn't a boohoo story about being a fat kid. Um, you know, I was. I got made fun of it. I made fun of other kids for other things and the way they look. It's just how kids are. Um, but regardless, I just didn't want to be the fat kid anymore. I wanted to be comfortable with looking in the mirror, you know, putting on clothes, talking to girls, um, just have a different presence um, when I was speaking. I just wanted to be, you know, more confident with myself. Um, so that was 100% the reason why I did that. Um, so, you know, it all starts with my cousins. Um, my cousin, my three older cousins, I have a lot of older cousins, but the three I will specifically be talking about are my older cousin Frankie, Danny, and Scott, who all played a major impact um, on my fitness role um or they played a major role in my fitness journey um so my cousin frankie was the oldest danny the middle child and scott the youngest all right scott was probably like nine years older than me danny probably like 12 or 13 and then frankie about maybe even 15 years older than me so you know much older than me um but we were all very close um majority of my life they lived right across town um in holy rosary and hawthorne and for a good portion of my life growing up they actually lived right next door um so how it all starts is actually with my cousin Frankie. Um, I tell my mom and dad, I'm just like, listen, like, I want to start working out. Um, what can we do? And at this point in time, I'm 13 years old, and joining a gym was not easy to do at that age. Like, if the gym would let you, it was tough, especially without, like, any kind of parental guidance. Um, my parents are not into fitness um, no, now they are, but that's a whole nother topic at that point in time, wasn't on their radar whatsoever. Um, but all my cousins were, and luckily for me, my cousin Frankie was willing to come over my house and teach me 
how to work out. Um, I had Bowflex dumbbells, the ones that switch from five all the way up to 50 pounds, and a Bowflex bench press. That was it. Go incline, flat, decline. And he came over and would teach me movements and how to do things and all that great stuff. Um, I'm so appreciative. But what happened was, you know, at the time he was balancing running a vending machine company, I believe at least. Um, and, you know, he can't come over to my house every day and teach me how to work out for free. Like, that's just unrealistic. Um, so for me, I didn't remember the movements that he would write down for me to do that day. Also, the accountability wasn't really there. My parents weren't like pushing me to go do it. And I was just walking down into my basement. Um, so I fell off 100% on me. Um, no one else, but it, it's easy as a 13 year old to just stop working out. Okay. You can imagine, but I, I you know, shortly after I was like, I still really don't want to be the fat kid. <laughs> um, and I was like, I want to join a gym. I want to go to a gym, this, that I tell my parents and they're like, let's see what we can do. Um, so my cousin, Danny, actually, um, he was like, you know what? I go to, I'm going to go to court sports. Uncle Frank is dad. He knows the owner. Um, let's see what we can do. And, you know, long story short, they were able to get me into the gym. And I was super pumped. I remember my first day walking in there. It was like summer of eighth grade going into high school. Um, and I'm with my cousin Danny. And I'm not intimidated at all because I'm with my cousin Danny. I looked up to all my cousins, Frankie, Danny, and Scott. Like, I was, I would never be nervous to be with them. Um, so I was super pumped. My cousin Danny was a dude um, who was very lean. Um, and I just remember having like these massive shoulders and I never like realized how big he was until I went to the gym and his shoulders were just like boulders. And I was like, holy shit. Like he's, dude was like 170 pounds, very lean, but just shoulders were just off the charts. I remember him telling me like, you know, girls love shoulders, bro. Like this is why I had big shoulders. Like, and I was like, all right, cool. Um, and my cousin Danny trained strictly for aesthetics. It had nothing to do with performance. He didn't train legs. There was no leg action. It was all upper body, arms, shoulders, back, chest, you know, triceps, all that good stuff, um, abs, but no legs. So there was no performance factor really in there. And we weren't trained to get stronger. It was trained to look good. Um, so my cousin, I remember the first day we go in there, we're, we're going to hit chest because that's what guys do the first day of the week they hit chest and we walk in there and he shows me the smith machine i have no idea what the smith machine is i don't know what a barbell is i don't know what the difference between anything is but he used the smith machine for a few reasons once once again it's perfectly fine for aesthetics um but also he had like a messed up shoulder from back in the day in high school playing a lot of baseball kind of thing um so we would use the smith machine and gradually as the month, uh, about a month in, like I'm, I'm pretty good at the bench press at this point. You know, I, I remember specifically I had like a plate and 10 on each side and I would be able to rep that out for like five. And you know, I'm 13 years old. At this point, I'm probably 170 pounds. So I'm extremely overweight. You know, I'm like five, three, probably five, four. Um, but you know, that's still relatively impressive for like a 13 year old kid. And I was, I was, you know, gaining confidence and about a month in, my cousin Scott is like, hey, I heard you going to the gym with Danny. I'm taking you today. And for me, I'll talk about uh, my cousin Scott a lot. My cousin Scott was uh, my idol. Okay, He was like my hero, um, everything to me um, as a kid growing up. Um, and I'll talk more about that. But that day, I just remember being super excited to go with him and 
be able to impress him and have fun with him and do things with him. Um, and so we go to the gym and obviously we're hitting chest because once again, we're guys and that's what guys do. They go to the gym together for the first time and you're going to bench press. And my cousin Scott um, was a very athletic dude. Um, I remember being very strong. So we walk into the gym and he's like, yeah, we're going to bench press. So I walk in and I start walking towards the Smith machine and he's like, where are you going? And I'm like, uh, to the bench press. And he's like, the Smith machine? And I'm like, yeah, why? What's up? He's like, the Smith machine is for pussies. And now I'm like, fuck. Like, in my head, I'm like thinking to myself, like, great. I'm already a pussy. It's been five seconds. And, um, you know, I just remember thinking to myself, like, okay, I'm never using the Smith machine again. And honestly, that, that was one of the last times I ever even thought about using it unless I was with my cousin Danny. Um, you know, as soon as he said it was for pussies, it was now for pussies. Arnold Schwarzenegger walks in the gym and tells me, hey, let's go to the Smith machine. I would have told him, we're not using that. It's for pussies. My cousin Scott said so. So, you know, we go, I remember, to the true traditional bench press. And this is my first time using it. I just remember taking the bar off the rack and my arms are literally shaking, like shaking. And the stability factor just played a massive role that I've never felt before. Um, so... I remember that day where I'm usually used to doing a plate and 10 on each side for five reps. I put like 25s on each side, 95 pounds. I could barely get it for five. And I remember that being the first time I was ever disappointed in myself in the gym. For the first time, rather. Not the f ever, but first time I felt that disappointment. And it wasn't like a sad disappointment. It was just more like I, I wanted to be better. Um... So I remember him feeling bad for me, like, you want to use the Smith machine? I'm like, no, we're not using the Smith machine. It's fucking pussies. Um, and so that day he told me, I remember, I'll never forget, he told me the day you bench press a plate is the day you become a man. You know, bench pressing a plate is 135 pounds. You don't become a man when you bench press 135, but it was something he wanted me to strive for because it is a cool accomplishment when you do get into the gym. That is something you should strive for, and he made me strive for it. So I remember literally every single day I bench pressed. I mean every single day, and I would max out every single day for like a month and a half straight, which is totally not what you want to do. But I didn't know better. I didn't care. Whether Danny was looking or not, my other cousin who taught, brought me there, like I was going to do that that day because I just wanted to be able to impress my cousin Scott and tell him I bench pressed 135. Okay, that was the only thing on my mind at that point. So, you know, eventually, six weeks later, I remember I walk into the gym with my boy Anthony Fiorenza. And he was a strong kid. Um, and he was able to bench press 135. And I don't know what happened that day, but somehow I was able to throw 135 off my chest. All right. Um, once again, 13 years old, like, although I am a heavy kid, like, no really experience in the gym yet. It's very new. Uh, but regardless, I get it up. And I cannot wait to go home and go next door and tell my cousin Scott that I bench pressed 135. So I get home. I remember I'm, um, I get home and all my cousins are outside with their friends shooting hoops, BSing next door. And, you know, at this point, they're like 20, like he's probably 22 and the rest of them are like 25, 26. doesn't really matter. But regardless, I go next door and I'm like, yo, Scott, he's like, what's up, bro? I'm like, I bench pressed a plate today, 135. I got it. And he looks at me and he's like, how many times? 
And I said, once. And he looks at me and goes, that's it. And I just remember being so pissed off. Like, I couldn't believe he just said that to me. I've been working my ass off to get 135 for weeks on weeks on weeks on end. And realistically, he was just fucking with me. You know, he didn't mean to be mean or make me feel that way. That's just what who he was. He was just messing with me. Um, but I remember that day just like a switch turning on in my head where it was like, you're no longer going to necessarily feel proud of hitting this accomplishment. You're going to work towards something, you're going to hit it, and now you're going to strive for another. And that's truly what was happening. Um, and, you know, the same pattern happened now. It was like, okay, I benched it once. Like, how many times can I bench it? And I would just keep bench pressing, keep bench pressing. And that's just not the way to do things. You know, I did so many things wrong when I first started working out, although I had my cousins helping me. When I went with my friends and stuff, you know, it was a free-for-all. You know, you do things wrong. And I don't regret that at all because it's a part of the process but that's just what happened. Um, but although as this is going on, I am losing a ton of weight. Um, from the day I started up until about, you know, going into 10th grade. Um, so the beginning of summer going into ninth grade, now the summer of going into 10th grade, I lost 35 pounds. Um, I was, I think, a buck 35 and dropped down like to 140. And honestly, th that was not a good decision. I would never recommend training a teenager during puberty whose body just wants him to grow drastically and tell him to cut weight and you know they're just doing the complete opposite ends of the spectrum like that was just not a good decision but in my mind that's what i wanted that's what i cared about and that's what i did and i am proud that i was able to lose 35 pounds as a 14 year old kid you know to, to not go out and eat pizza or mcdonald's while your friends are doing that and then go home and eat a grilled chicken salad i mean i know people who i try helping do that now they're in their mid-20s or 30s or 40s and just can't do it as a 14 year old kid i am very impressed with myself looking back that i was actually able to accomplish that goal um but now i'm going in 10th grade and i'm definitely an undersized kid um and not necessarily the smallest because i was taller but i was just skinny fat at this point i'd say um, but you know, I, I love the gym, live for it. I always had a good time. It was great. And I was still training strictly for aesthetics. There was no performance going on. I was training with my cousin, Danny, a lot. Like I said, he definitely had the biggest role on fitness out of all my cousins in terms of just teaching me how to do things. And I remember just doing like massive supersets and all this stuff. And I was very intrigued and I was able to use YouTube because that was on the come up. People like Elliot Hulse and Beastmo Jones and, I mean, the Hodge twins. There was just so many, and they were all blowing up. Mad Ogus. But I was always just into the bodybuilders because of how they looked aesthetically. That's what I wanted because I was a fat kid who wanted to look jacked. I didn't care about how much they were pressing. I didn't care what squatting did for you. I just wanted to look good. But at the same time, I had an insecurity of being the fat kid. So I didn't want to gain weight. And that obviously messed me up because not being able to gain weight is not going to allow you to put on as much muscle and it was just a back and forth battle of trying to get bigger but not putting on weight and i was really just not making the gains i should have been making once again don't regret it because it's all part of the process um so now i'm in 10th grade and something very traumatic happens in my life um you know it's the middle of 10th grade it's december um, and my cousin Scott passes away. Um, he actually ends up killing himself. And this really fucked me up bad. Um, 
I'll explain to you, my, like I said earlier, my cousin Scott was truly someone I idolized. He was my hero. You know, some people idolize Derek Jeter. Some people idolize their dad. To me, it was my cousin Scott. Um, I love my dad a lot, but we have a very true father-son relationship, okay? Love, fear, and respect, okay? I loved him. I feared him. I respected him. Okay, and I didn't cross those patterns. We weren't we didn't go fishing together, you know, we didn't play basketball in the backyard or have a baseball catch. Dad's very old school. It wasn't like that. He worked, took care of his family, and would always support anything I did. And that is something I will talk about later. I love him to death, but that was our relationship. To me, the person I always wanted to be in my life was my cousin Scott. He was something he was someone who was very tough on the outside. He was a good looking dude always had a good-looking girlfriend, very funny, like it, outgoing, you know, always making people laugh, the life of the party kind of person. We had a lot of things in common. Um, he would always pick me up, you know, from going out with my friends to the movies or if I was being an idiot, drunk at 14 years old, walking around the streets of Pleasantville like who the hell knew I was, he was picking me up. You know, he would tell me things about girls that I definitely shouldn't have even known. He would tell me things about things I definitely shouldn't have known beyond girls. It was just like he was teaching me the ropes on how to do things and he was always there for me and it was it was very awesome. Um, and, you know, my cousin had his own battles, but that's not my story to tell him talking about me. And, um, you know, there was other things, too, like he taught me the shoe game and this and that. And it was everything. And, you know, when he passed away, it really messed me up because it was like, not did he just die, but he took his own life. So it was like, who the fuck am I supposed to be? You know, like, I thought my whole life, like, this is the person I was going to strive to be. And now that person just took his own life. So it really, really messed me up. Um, and, and there was really no like, oh, maybe it was an accident kind of thing with his story. Because, you know, for those of you who know it, I mean, it was pretty blatant that what he was doing. And, um, you know, the biggest thing to me was just so shocking because it was so disguised in my eyes. You know, people who knew him were close, like had, were best friends with him and stuff. Like maybe they saw it more clearly than I did. But once again, you have to remember, I'm 14, maybe 15 years old at this point, and I just couldn't see it. I mean, three days before he did it, it was Christmas, and I, I promise you, he was walking around, laughing, dancing, telling stories, making everyone laugh. Uh, I remember. He gave me his favorite pair of shoes. And now looking back at it, I can see why he did that. Um, but I was like the happiest kid in the world. And, it, you know, just that was that day was like insane. Like I just yeah, I can't explain it. Um, and, you know, a month before that was the first time I ever saw him like break down before. Cause I, I got in some. Like, I, I wasn't, like, the perfect kid, but I wasn't, like, a really bad kid growing up. But I did get into trouble, and I like to break the rules. And I remember I got in some serious trouble where it was either call my parents or call Scott. And that was a very fast decision to call Scott. And uh, he got me out of it. And I just remember that day, like, him being so upset with me. Uh, he kicked the crap out of me that day. Um, and for the first time in my life, I actually kind of feared him. Um, maybe not the first time, actually, because he did beat me up a couple times. But... That time specifically, I, I knew he was mad at me and upset with me, and I've never seen that from him before. Um, so going into that Christmas, it was just a very awkward time for me because I was scared of him. But then once he gave me his shoes and all that, I knew things were good, and 
I was just so happy he wasn't mad at me, you know. And then three days later, he was gone. He was taken from me. Um, so that, you know, that definitely messed me up pretty bad. Um, I remember that day specifically when he passed, I texted him earlier in the day, like, do you want to work out? Do you want to go to the gym together? He never got back to me, so I eventually just went with my friends. And I remember my mom picked us up from the gym going home, dropping off my friends, and that's, I walked into the door, and that's, you know, that's when I found out. Um, so very traumatic experience um and they, i have to bring that up um because what happened the next day was a no-brainer for me as i went to the gym the very next day i woke up hoping it was a nightmare it wasn't you know um i felt that way for weeks but the very first thing i did that next day is my boy mikey and ricky uh mikey's dad picked us up we went to the gym and for the f for a split second i was able to get away you know, everything that was going on in my life just disappeared for a good hour and a half. You know, then I'd go back and it would be awful. And I, I realized that I, I picked up on that very fast, that I was able to get away when I went to the gym. The, all these dark moments were gone when I was there. Um, so, you know, that's how I escaped the depression and the sadness and the angriness. And that's what it truly was. I was very depressed, but I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. Like a, like a therapist, you couldn't pay me. You know, um, I didn't get into, you know, I didn't, my parents, my dad would never let me go on drugs. So like, you know, Xanax and all that shit was never an option. And I, I truly don't think I showed the sadness. Like I'm not some super tough kid, but I put on a smile every day regardless. And because one of my biggest insecurities was people feeling bad for me. Like I didn't want that at all. And that's why I told you guys in the end not to think of me differently. Like, that's not something I want and didn't want. So I would always put on a smile. But even though, you know, I was very sad, very mad at the world, um, I couldn't explain it, you know. And another just, you know, I, I want to move on from the, the depressing topic. But um, I was very scared that people were just going to die that were important in my life. At this point, all my grandparents were gone. My godfather, my uncle Lewis, my dad's brother was gone, okay? And then he was gone. So I was just waiting for the next person to be gone. That was a fear I had for a very long time. And, you know, there was a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of bad thoughts. And those weren't, that wasn't even one of the bad ones. And there was just a lot of bad shit going on. But I could escape those thoughts when I was in the gym. And I became obsessed with going to the gym. And it wasn't just about anything other than escaping i would be there for hours hours it didn't even matter what i was doing i was just getting there um so as my high school develops and goes on you know i overcome this you know i'm i'm getting better um i had great friends i mean great great friends my best friends are like brothers to me um i have so many of them many people always ask me that but they're truly like brothers to me i love them um and they would go to the gym with me. We would do things like that. And by the time I'm a senior, you know, now I'm pretty big. I'm not like some super aesthetic dude, but I'm big. I'm bench pressing 275. I'm deadlifting over three. You know, I'm still not squatting because, you know, I didn't know what the hell that was. I had bad knees, but, you know, I, was, I wasn't taught to, so I didn't. And, you know, that was really that. It was, it was great. Going to senior year, I was probably like 200 pounds. I was definitely a little fatter, but I wanted to get big for football, so I was. And um, that's what I did. And then um, for the second time in my life, I 
uh, made another massive cut. I was going on spring break, Bahamas, high school. You know, if you were on that trip, you knew why. You wanted to get nice and lean, and I did. And I cut another 35 pounds. Um, once again, very comp- uh, very proud of myself for that. That's not something easy to do, even uh, once again in high school. Um, me and my friends were someone um, who loved sports, you know, but we also lived for the weekend. We were kids who liked to party, um, not super hard drugs or anything like that, normal stuff, but we were looking for who could have the house party. I mean, if, if, our, if our parents were going out to eat for an hour and a half, we had the whole squad over for that 90 minutes, but try to clean up and get in trouble the next day and get grounded. We didn't care. We were, we were trying to party. Um, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because it did have an impact on my life. Um, senior year, you know, you... I, I wasn't someone that was good at school because, like I said earlier, I was mad at the world. I didn't care about anything except going to the gym and my friends and stuff like that. Um, but I did pick it up at some point because I wanted to go to a school. Um, and the school I chose to go to was West Virginia University. And I'm not proud to say it, okay? Um, but the reason I did go to that school was because it was a major party school with a lot of kids and a big football team that I could go and cheer on and have a great time. That was my envisionment of college. My whole life, it was like, can't wait to go party in college. That's, that's what we thought of, you know? Um, so at this point, I'm super into fitness. You know, I'm very lean. I'm pretty lean at this point. Um, and I can't wait to go to this school and have a good time. And I go to the school, and I immediately rush a fraternity, uh, get a bid, pledge the whole nine yards, and it's everything I expected it to be. Um, you know, I am partying all the time, super good looking girls everywhere, you know, tons of alcohol and you know, you know what a college is, right? You know what it is. And I did it to the fullest. Um, I, once again, I regret that, but it is what it is. And for the first time in my entire life since I joined the gym, I am no longer working out. Um, I am sh- at first, the first semester, I cared about my grades. I did well, you know, 3.2 GPA, nothing crazy, but respectable as your first semester. And I'm in a fraternity, and that's where my time was consumed. And what happened is I slowly went on, grades started to not matter, and all that mattered was partying. Uh, partying, partying, partying. And I wouldn't say I was addicted to anything by any means, but I did love the social aspect, and I loved drinking and having a good time. And by the end of the first year, I didn't do good my second semester. Um, but I decide that my second year, I am going to live in the frat house, right? My frat house had 30 rooms in it, okay? They were all singles with their own bathroom, okay? Other than that, there was nothing in it. There wasn't a kitchen in there. There wasn't a living room. There was a basement with a bar. We didn't even have Wi-Fi when I was living there for the first three months. It was insane. Um, you know, you can only imagine what the place looked like. All that mattered was pledges, you know, getting drunk and having girls. And another thing that, you know, I'm not proud of is my, my fraternity cared about three things. I just mentioned two of them. It was getting drunk, you know, partying, let's call it, um, girls and fighting. That's what we were known for, and we were very liked and disliked for it. I'm not proud to say it. If you, we would always go out, and if you didn't get with a girl, you were fighting some other fraternity on frat row. Like That's just how it was, and it was ridiculous. And once again, I'm still not working out, and I start to get very sad and depressed, and I fall back into this very bad pattern of just not being happy. And you know what? Two months in, two months in while I'm there, 
Um, I was I woke up one day and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Um, I got into some bad trouble. Um, and I was like, this is just not who I am. Like, what am I doing here? Like, I need to make a change. And it was a very hard decision because I was afraid of what people were going to think about. Oh, he dropped out of school. What's he doing? This and that, you know. Um, but I knew there was one thing in the world that would make me happy, and that was fitness. And something I didn't get to talk about, um, but senior year of football, my high school football coach, Steve DeMeglio, is talking up crossfit to me he's working at what's called crossfit xt he's like you would love it you'd be really good at it you got to try it and i'm like all right so the summer going into college i do i join and i fell in love i mean i loved it i was looking up all different types of programs how to get better this and that but you know i went to college and there was no such thing as crossfit in west virginia university at the time is very new and you know, I got into partying and going to frat parties. Like, that's all I cared about. Um, but I knew when I was leaving West Virginia that I loved fitness and that would make me happy. I never thought of it as a career. That's not what it was going to be for me. It was just going to make me happy again. So I leave and I hit up my boy, Joey Mastro, who is doing CrossFit because he's joining the Navy. He's prepping for the Navy. And I'm like, yo, where are you doing it? Like, I want to do it with you. I don't care about anything else in the world right now except doing CrossFit with you. And he's like, I'm at CrossFit Immortal. Tommy Carter's the owner. And I knew that Tommy Carter was the owner. I remember when he was building it, Tommy Carter uh, was my cousin Scott's best friend growing up. Um, so I always knew of their family. We were family friends. I knew of him. I knew of his younger brother, Will. Great family. I knew his parents, everything. And I was, I had to make that decision to go there. It wasn't a super hard decision, but there, you know, Botticelli owned XT, who was a football coach at Westlake. Demeglio was the guy who got me into it, who I was very, very close with because of football. Um, and you know, there was a guy, Brandon, who I knew my whole life growing up. He's best friends with my cousin, Danny was an amazing trainer and it was a tough decision, but at the end of the day, I wanted to train with Joey. I wanted a fresh start and that's where I was going. So my first impression at Immortal, I remember I walk in with uh, Joey and all I see is this massive dude named Will Carter doing double unders in the back corner with his shirt off with short shorts on and some really long hair looking like Tarzan. And I am like, holy shit, this guy is fucking massive. That's, you know, that's for me was still the thing. It was aesthetics. That's what I looked at. And that was my first impression. He's a very intimidating dude um, from the, for, at that time at least, you know. And, you know, he was super friendly. He comes right up to me. How you been? This and that and all that shit. And that's how Immortal is. Super friendly. So he comes up to me and then Nanarello, who was uh, Nanarello, who was Tommy's partner at the time. Tommy wasn't there. He must have been having the afternoon off or something. Comes up to me. He lived next door with my cousins for a period of time. Uh, so I knew him very well. Long story short, I end up joining. And um, I'm loving it. Every All the members are very nice to me, introducing themselves and this and that. And I started to understand the culture that wasn't at the XT spot as much. I'm not saying people at XT weren't nice, but it was a very different feel um, and very hard cardio. Um, but regardless, the next story I remember is, you know, it's about a week in and I'm doing this workout with wall balls, pull-ups and running. And I remember doing it, and I'm going, I go on broken wall balls, do some pull-ups, I'm running. I come back running inside, and I don't know if he'll remember saying this to me, but it definitely stuck with me, and it always will for the rest of my life. I walk, I'm running in, and Will Carter looks at me, and he goes, if you keep doing this, you're going to be really fucking good at it. 
and that's all I needed to hear. That sold me on CrossFit for the rest of my life, the day he said that. Um, so now I'm sold. This is what I'm doing. Um, not Once again, not a career. It's just how I'm going to train, and I am going to become obsessed with it. And, you know, Joey t- left two months into my CrossFit experience at Immortal to go join the Navy and do his thing. Who was He was very fit at the time, my friend Joey. Um, but we go back and forth battles and stuff it was so much fun and now I was on my own and I was like what am I gonna do and what I did was I was like all right well the guy you want to be is right there in the corner doing double unders with the shirt off so what the, what is he doing and the first thing I noticed was that he was doing double sessions I saw he'd come into the gym in the morning he'd leave come back in the afternoon or whatever it was he was there for hours it didn't matter I picked up on that so I was like okay I'm going to Westchester Community College at the time. I'm doing fantastic in school. Um, my, my whole focus is school in this. And um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to take the 4.30 class in the afternoon at Immortal. Then I'm going to go home and eat and come back. And I would take the class. I'd do that. And I'd come back, and I would do any workout I could find. It really didn't matter what it was. I just wanted to do another workout because I imagined that is going to get me fitter. And I remember at one point, I would just see all these workouts on the wall that either Tommy made or were benchmark workouts, and I would pick one. And I specifically this remember this day, I was like, I'm going to do Fran, right? And Fran is a workout that is balls-to-walls intensity, okay? Like, you got to be careful how you tie your shoes in the morning so you don't waste any energy so you can PR. And I didn't really know that. I mean, I was just like, I'm going to do Fran. It's thrusters and pull-ups. How hard could it be, right? 21, 15, 9. So I remember walking into the gym after my first session, and Will's there, and he's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, I'm going to do Fran. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm going to do Fran. Why? He's like, I mean, I don't know if that's the workout you should be doing. I was like, I'm going to do it. It's fine. And he's like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll watch you. Like, let's get the clock going. Let's get you going and stuff like that. So I remember 3, 2, 1, clock starts, and I start going. All right, and it's like 7.30 at night. And all of a sudden, the entire class just stops doing what they're doing at the whiteboard listening including the coach and is just looking at me and everyone is cheering me on and now i'm doing fran you know some 19 year old kid who is not good at crossfit at all and people are going nuts for me and the high was so real it was crazy you know i probably did fran in like six minutes which is like not impressive by any means you know um but it felt amazing it was the coolest thing ever and it was an amazing experience and i just kept getting more hooked like that so now you know about a year into CrossFit, I'm doing double sessions, and I'm not improving as fast as I thought I was. I was definitely getting a lot better, like good, um, but not like where I thought I would be. Um, here's the honest truth is two sessions is not what you should be doing your first year into CrossFit. Once again, I made a very stupid mistake overworking myself. Um, a guy like Will Carter, if you listen to my podcast, has been doing double sessions since he's like 10. All right, The guy used to wake up and run three miles with his dad in the blistering cold hoping he'd fall so he could hurt himself. Like The guy's a psycho. He'd then go to wrestling and then would work out. And he was doing that for years on years, but I didn't realize that. I just thought he started CrossFit and that's what he was doing. And that's what a lot of people think. They think they need all these sessions where no, you need to just go balls to the wall for the hour you're here. That's what it's about. Um, but regardless, a year goes by, and Tommy Carter asked me to come into his office. And, like, I'm just expecting to be in trouble at this point because, you know, I, I, I would get in trouble here and there all the time. And I'm like, what the fuck does this guy know that I did? Like, what did I do? And so I walk in there, and he's like, sits me down, and he's like, I've been picking up just on how you've been, and I would love if you'd be a coach here. And I was taken away. 
Um, I had that wasn't even on my radar at all. Um, but I was so happy he asked me to do that, and I took him up on it as soon as he asked, right away. And Tommy Carter um, is the biggest blessing I've ever had in my entire life. That day was is now the greatest day of my entire life. Um, you know, gave me this opportunity for absolutely no reason, and he taught me everything. I mean, I would just sit. I would come in the morning, five a.m. You know, four thirty, we'd walk in the door, and he would teach me all day on how to coach, between how to speak at the whiteboard, how to warm people up, how to do a progression on, how to clean, how to do a, this, that, how to do that, cool down, this, every single thing on how to coach, and I became obsessed with how to coach. It didn't. I no longer solely cared about becoming this athlete in CrossFit. It was now about how can I be an amazing coach like him, because that's what he was. So, you know, months go on and I, I finally get to coach a class on my own, you know, he, he and I remember uh, the first day, this athlete is very important to me and I will get back to her later. Her name was Vivian Zimmick and her first class that she took at Immortal was the first class I coached, okay? Some 15-year-old girl who was maybe in 10th grade who wanted to play college volleyball. That was it and I'll come back to her in a bit. So as the times go on with coaching, I loved it. I became, I was just so happy to be able to do it. Um, I felt I was good at it. People would tell me I was. So I just would, everything I was doing consumed how to get people to be better at the sport of CrossFit. I would be on YouTube for hours on end all day long, okay? There was no distractions in my life because majority of my friends were in college doing their thing. I was home, school and then coaching. And what happens is as I'm trying to become this amazing coach, who I'm also testing on myself, I have this girl, Vivian Zimmick, who is down to get dirty in athletics, like just willing to do anything I said, she'd do it. And she would do it at 150,000%. So as I'm growing as a coach, she's growing as an athlete. And there comes this point in time where I'm coming to the gym. I'm not even working. I'm just there helping people get better. Like I just became obsessed with that, uh, that feeling of helping someone get their first bar muscle up or their first pull up or their first snatch. Like it just made me feel like I was someone. So all the things I was learning, I was trying to apply on other people and it was working. And it was working. And like I said, I was coming here when I, w I was only working maybe 10 hours a week in college. I would be here like 30 hours a week just, just helping. And so uh, as that happened, I would ask to work more hours and Tommy would give them to me. And, you know, he, he developed me into one of the head coaches at Immortal Fitness. And there became a point in time where I was in school, in college. And, uh, you know, I'm going for marketing and I'm in school and I am not paying attention for a second. All that is on my mind is CrossFit. I mean, between whether it was programming on how to do this or how to make someone better at progression for snatches or muscle-ups or handstand push-ups, it didn't matter. That's all my attention was. And it came to the point where I had to make this decision about whether I could was going to keep going to school. And I remember the first person I talked to was Tommy Carter it wasn't my parents. And I was like, what do you think about this? And he was like, I can't make that decision for you. You have to do that yourself. Um, but I can tell you is that I 
I can see coaching be a future for you and this and that. It was all good, positive stuff. And I said earlier about how my dad, we didn't have the greatest relationship um, in life, but he was always very supportive of me. And I remember sitting down with him and telling him how I felt and how I wanted to leave school to pursue this full time. And my dad is old school. Like I told you, he didn't go to school. He was one of the first people in his family to graduate from high school, like let alone college. That wasn't even on his radar. And he understood when I told him that. And, you know, my mom, not the same way, but they both were supportive of me and allowed me to make that decision. And I'm so thankful of it. And I just remember being very scared about what people were thinking about me. But at the end of the day, I was like, I'm going to do whatever makes me happy because I know throughout my entire life when I'm happy, I'm happy, and that's all I care about at this point. You know, money is money, whatever. Money ain't going to make me happy. That was my kind of mindset. Um, so I decided to drop out of college um, about, th you know, three years in. You know, I'm going to Iona at this point. I transferred. I'm doing well. But I just didn't see – I felt as if I was wasting time and money. Um, so it ends up being a very good decision because of where I'm at now. Um, can't say I will never go back and try to pursue something within college. I do think college has um, – you know, it, it's role, but if you go for the right reasons, not just because you're going from everyone else tells you to do business because, you know, you'll make money doing business. I mean, that's just not true. But, um, you know, regardless of the matter, I made that decision knowing people were going to think differently of me, but I didn't care because I was happy. So I did that, and I'm so thankful I did. Um, so anyway, I get really into coaching, and I am obsessed with making Vivian Zimmick an amazing CrossFit athlete. I become obsessed. And she, she wanted to be good at CrossFit, but once again, it was all about volleyball. That's where her head space was at. But I wouldn't let anyone else coach her. It was like, that was my athlete back off kind of thing. Like, I, would, I honestly probably told her, like, don't listen to any, what anyone says except me. If it was like, I was like, if Will tells you something, like, you know, take it because he, he knows a thing or two. Same with Tommy. But at the end of the day, if I tell you to do something, he tells you to do something different, don't listen to him. That's how it was, straight up. And she got really fucking good. Um, she was willing to drop to the floor after every single workout. And that's, that's something in CrossFit that you see in someone within a week. You could tell in a week if someone doing CrossFit if they got it or not. And if you're not willing to drop to the floor, you don't got it. Um, should you do that every workout? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm not telling you that's what you have to do, but you could see that in somebody. It's very easy. And I saw that the first time I saw her and was hyped. Um, so pretty cool. You know, we get her good and stuff, you know, once again, she's going for volleyball and out of nowhere, her senior year, she's 17 years old and, you know, she qualifies the top 200 in the entire world for her age group. And we didn't even train for that. It was one session a day. Like I said, we would go out of our way to do a couple extra things here and there. And I would go out of my way to make sure the workout was modified to, to fit her needs and this and that, but we really didn't train for it. I mean, I remember one workout, she came like 12th in the entire world. Like, it was insane. Like, I was just so blown away, and we were just not expecting it. And I was so impressed with this girl. And, you know, now she's playing uh, college volleyball at St. Lawrence, and that's not because of me. That is because strictly of her work ethic. Um, the, the maybe one of the best work ethics I've ever seen in my entire life, um, and a very good athlete, someone who, like I said, was willing to go out of her way to do whatever she was told every single time she stepped into the gym regardless if she thought it was right or not she was gonna do it and i respected that of her and i loved coaching her it made me love coaching even more um that i got into programming i was like 
that's what got me into programming. I was like, okay, how am I going to make this girl better? She can't follow. She has to follow my programming. Um, so I would start experimenting programs on myself, whether it was Misfit or Zeus Method or Ben Bergeron's Comp Train or Tommy's programming and this and that. It, it didn't matter. I was doing it on myself and then applying it to her. I would see what would work and what wouldn't work and how, you know, Westside Barbell, how can I get her stronger, this and that. And slowly but surely, I fall in love with programming. But that, that love for programming left when she left. Um, I had other athletes who I was programming individually for and things, but no one, I never, she, you need to have athletes who just trust you and are willing to do what you do regardless. Say, do willing to do what you say regardless. And that's, that's hard to come by. And it's hard to find athletes in Pleasantville, New York, who are extremely athletic coming to the gym. You know, our gym, who I love coaching and everything about immortal but it's it's older people and i'm cool with that but you know they're not trying to go to the crossfit games neither was viv to find someone who's going to the crossfit games and trust your programming is like one in a million so the programming um for individuals died um and now the next point in my life was tommy carter showing me this guy ryan fisher and ryan fisher is this absolute maniac who owns a gym in California called CrossFit Chalk. And his whole big thing was programming for affiliates. He claims he programs for 10% of all CrossFit uh, affiliates in the world, which I don't know if it's true or not, but I wouldn't be surprised because it's awesome. And so that's where I became obsessed with Next. It was like, okay, I don't care about individual athletes anymore like that. I want to be, I program for my gym full time. Like, let me get them as fit as possible in an hour every day so that they can play with their kids and feel accomplished when they leave here and feel really good and not get them injured. So, you know, I start experimenting with bodybuilding and mixing it with high-intensity intervals and all these different types of philosophies to get them as fit as possible an hour. And I would experiment it on myself and then go back to them. And that's still what I'm doing to this day. Um, I've also gotten very into active life which was a rehabilitation program for injuries within the sport mainly of crossfit or powerlifting and i wanted to be able to teach people how to um you know get better and myself personally like at the time when i did that i was i was doing very good at crossfit i remember i was squatting over 400 pounds and i was deadlifting over five i was cleaning in the mid twos and jerking in the mid twos and i was snatching over 200 pounds I could do 15 muscle ups i could row like an animal and i was getting really good honestly even though i, I it wasn't it was on the back end um but I got hurt. Um, I remember I was doing a hang clean at 255, and I caught it wrong in the bottom of the squat, and my back, boom, done. Couldn't walk right for about a week, and I never went to the doctor because I would just rather not know what's going on than actually know, and I was like, how am I going to fix it? So um, it was coincidental. Tommy was like, hey, I wanted you to get another certification. Um, let's do this thing called Active Life. They're about a rehabilitation program for CrossFit athletes, and through that, I was actually able to kind of rehabilitate myself um learning a lot of things and i grew and helped and i was very happy to help other people get through injuries and be able to help them and be just a, a little more informative in that subject of the sport um they, but that was not something i wanted to make a career you know i want to leave the true professionals to do that um my true love was for training people and teaching you know people how to get better at the sport as well as grow the gym in general and learn how to make class flow better and you know all types of different things that I, I don't really want to get into at the moment but um that's where I was at and 
Truthfully, um, you know, I got into a relationship and for about a year and a half and I um, kind of got out of training and out of nutrition and I got sloppy and I, I once again just wasn't happy with myself. And here I am now. Um, I'm not blaming that relationship uh, for what happened, but I, I kind of just realized like I wasn't being myself and um, I just realized it didn't necessarily mix with who I was supposed to be. And now I'm honestly, since the day Tommy Carter asked me to coach here, um, the happiest person I think, and maybe not I can be, but I am through the roof happy. And I cannot, I don't know how I could express more that I am so appreciative of that man in every way, shape, or form. Um, without that guy, like I just don't know who or where I would be. Um, I worked very hard to be the person I am now, but without him asking me to do that, uh, without that luck, none of this would have happened. Um, he's been the biggest blessing ever, ever in my entire life. Um, and now the last thing I just want to talk about, I'm going to definitely thank him again because I just love that guy. Um, but And Immortal, thank you guys for just trusting me. But I want to talk about why I love CrossFit, right? Like, Why is it the CrossFit, you know, the thing I love to train, like, you know, why isn't it powerlifting, which I've been into, or bodybuilding, which I've been into? I mean, I've been into everything, but why is it CrossFit? And there's a point in every single workout in CrossFit where you're going to experience some really bad pain. Um, it happens in different points in different workouts, but I'm talking like you could, it's bad pain, and you could either push through that pain and get better. Or you can fold and back off. And a lot of people have no problem backing off. And I have no problem with people backing off either because I know what it feels like. And it's the sport will still be good for you if you back off in those points. You just won't um, develop as fast, okay? And that point in those workouts brings me back to a time when I was younger and I was really hurting. Um, and that was the only thing that's come as close to making me feel that way, just really gruesome pain, dark, dark place. And being able to push through those workouts, through that pain, the same way I was able to when I was younger through fitness, it just lit off a light bulb in my head. And it was just like, holy shit, this is what I need. There, finishing a CrossFit workout after you push through that pain is hands down, in my opinion, the greatest feeling in the entire world. Like when I'm laying on the floor rolling around because I can't feel my lungs or my forearms or my legs want to fall off, like I would not rather any feeling in the world. Like you can call me fucking crazy, but sex or finishing a CrossFit workout, I'm going with finishing the CrossFit workout. That's why I do it every single day, and I love it. I am absolutely in love with that feeling, and I think a lot of people who do CrossFit are. Um, so I have a lot of utmost respect for people who are willing to do that, and I have respect for anyone who does anything in fitness. Um, I'm all about just people being happy. That is why I started this podcast, um, because I want to hear people's stories. I ask you not to think of me differently because my story, uh, my story is just who I am and I want to express it. And I just, if it helps, if someone listens to this story and it helps just one person, that's all that matters to me. Um, 
there are people out there with stories a thousand times worse than mine who are doing great things in this world, and I just want to hear them. So that's why I ask you don't think of me differently or feel bad for me or anything stupid like that because that's not what this is about. This is solely about making people as happy and helping people become happy. Um, and Tommy Carter did that for me. And like I said, I was going to come back to him. And I, I just want to say, Tommy, I thank you so, so much, my man. Like you are just been the biggest blessing and I cannot appreciate you more. I would also like to say the same for his younger brother, Will Carter, um, you know, taught me so much in this world about CrossFit and just made me fall in love with the sport from a week in. Um, same to my boys, Doug Doolin, Vivian Simic, you had a major role um, and everyone at Immortal. I uh, thank you for trusting me. Um, and allowing me to coach you guys and just putting your faith in me. Um, and just thank, of course, for everyone else along the way, including my cousins. Um, without them, none of this maybe would have even happened from the very beginning. Steve DeMeglio, I mean, everyone. Um, and so I just want to say thank you. Um, I'm truly the happiest I've ever been. I'm more than excited for the future. I can't wait to see what's next. Um, and yeah, so I just want to thank you all for listening um, to my story and hope to for you guys to keep on listening and you know that's it love you all um, I'll catch you in the next episode peace